Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All relationships are complicated, but perhaps none are more complicated than the relationship between mother and daughter. Today we get honest about some of the factors that make the mother-daughter relationship so loaded. Things we've learned about both as therapists and have experienced in our own lives. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Hey, Jess. Hey, Andrea. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm like in a, I'm in a good mood. It helps that our kids are back at school. I was going to say, any day that my kids are in school during the wintertime in the Chicagoland area is a freaking great day. It's a great day. I love this day. Love it. I'm in a good mood right now because I'm having a really good hair day. You are having a good hair day. It's kind of a thing. You always have good hair, and I sometimes struggle. Sometimes it just doesn't want to do its thing. See, you say that, and I just don't see it all the time. In fact, I half the time think it looks not great, but thank you for the compliment. I'm You're going welcome. to receive that compliment. Look at us. Look at us. We're so grown up. We're so positive. Okay, so if you are listening to Honest Women for the first time, we know we have some new listeners here. And if you've come over to us from The Burt Show, actually, welcome. Yes, The Burt Show. Welcome. Here is what you need to know about us. And yes, we kind of just said this in the intro, but I know as a podcast listener, you probably fast forwarded through the first 30 seconds. So Jess and I are both therapists. We are like real life licensed for real licensed therapists. We have therapy practices. We see clients. It's the actual thing we do day to day. And so what we do on this show is that we take things that come up all the time in therapy and all the time with our girlfriends, and we talk about them. Yeah, we just like air everybody's dirty laundry for all to see. I'm kidding. That's what it sounded like, though. <laughs> no, yeah, no, not specific. Not I'm kidding. So you've probably heard other shows hosted by therapists, and a lot of times that's about like an expert coming on, informing you about something, but this is not that show. We like to dig into difficult topics and we like to bring our expertise, but we also like to bring our own stuff. Yes. We got lots of it. We have lots of stuff to bring. Well, especially with this topic. So Ooh. all of that to say, if you're listening for the first time, first, follow the show, subscribe to the show, whatever it is in the platform that you're listening. You do not want to miss these conversations. We are very thoughtful about what we talk about. And we do all of this in 30 minutes so that you can think and feel and laugh and then get on with your life. It's like a recurring coffee date or wine date that you have with your besties where you can really be real about life and then go back to whatever it is that we all do when we're not able to be real about life. <laughs> and buckle up because this topic is a lot. This topic is a lot. It's a lot for me. 
I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. a lot for everybody, but it's certainly a lot for me. Yeah. Well, if my work as a therapist has taught me anything, I think that the relationship between mothers and daughters is, it's intent. Like it is, it's the topic of a lot of things. And today we're going to talk about the relationship that we have as mothers with our young daughters, not the relationship that we as adult women have with our own mothers. That's going to have to be for a different show. Ooh, that's a lot more complicated. It is. Well, this topic makes me a little nervous because like we've talked about before, we bring in our own stuff to these episodes, but we're really careful about what we say. And it is one thing for me to be like, here's some crazy thing that I think or do or a story about myself. But when we start bordering on other important humans in our lives, like our daughters, it just feels a little bit more... It's just, it's it's a lot. You know, because when we talk about anything with relationships, whether that be our marriage, as mothers, as therapists, as daughters, as friends, we work really hard not to tell other people's stories because they're theirs. I'm a firm believer that we get that choice on who is worthy of knowing our stories. Mm -hmm. So we try really hard to speak from our perspective, not the perspective of somebody we love or care about. Mm-hmm. And because we're therapists, we know that that's only one perspective. Correct. It's often jaded. Oh, totally. <laughs> Especially if it's us. <laughs> totally jaded. So let's just jump in. Okay. So Jess, you have a daughter. I do have a daughter, my oldest. And mm-hmm. I want to, uh, I have a little bit of an, a confession here. And it's slightly, I don't know if it's embarrassing, but there is a little shame attached to it. Not a lot, but a little shame. Mm -hmm. mostly because I would never want her to misinterpret this confession. That's why. We just need to make sure they don't listen to this until they're older. Exactly. And I can explain it. So here's my confession. When I found out I was pregnant, we chose to find out. Shocker. I wanted to know if it was a girl or a boy because I'm slightly controlling in some ways. I own it. Mm -hmm. And I was very nervous about knowing it was a girl. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Say more. Raw confession, I secretly was really hoping to be a boy mom. Mm. Now, this is why there's a little shame attached to it, because I was really scared to be a mother to a daughter. One is girly or feminine as I come off on the outside at my core. I actually just relate to guys. I always have related to men in an easier sense never had like what I felt was a girl squad or a girl tribe. I love sports. I liked hanging out with guys. So my thought and how can I mother a girl scared mm-hmm. the living shit out of me. Yeah. When my husband and I in a private moment with one another opened the mm-hmm. envelope and found out I was a girl, he was so excited, elated, and I was fucking terrified. <gasps> so that's my confession. And it's a hard one. But I was scared. Yeah. I was very scared. I get it. I had a plan for what our family was going to look like. It was going to start with a boy and then another boy and then hopefully a daughter and then maybe another daughter. So I got my first boy, we found out ahead of time. And then I was like, well, obviously we're going to have another boy. So then they're brothers. And we did. We found that out ahead of time. But with my third, because I'd had two emergency C-sections, I knew I was going to go into a planned C-section. I never understood why someone would not find out what they were having. But for that pregnancy, we decided to wait because I was like, well, we want a surprise. You know, there's no surprise to the rest of the whole thing. We're just going in for a surgery and then we're going to have a baby afterwards. 
But in my heart, you know how sometimes you know if it's a boy or a girl? Mm-hmm. In my heart, I knew it was a girl. Actually, I knew she was a girl because she was booty popping in my belly. Oh, so And funny. I was like, she's just like her mama. And I, I don't know if it was like pregnancy hormones or what, but I was so elated at this idea that I was going to have a daughter. My expectation was big. And so this is actually, I think, the first reason that the mother-daughter relationship is so complicated. There's just a ton of expectations for what the relationship will be like. And I feel like it's either my daughter and I are going to have this constant conflict. That's one of the stories we hear. Or my daughter and I will be best friends. There's really strong expectations on this relationship, which is why I was terrified. The Mm -hmm. shame that was attached to it was more what's wrong with me that I wanted to be a boy mom because Mm -hmm. pop culture says, well, every mom wants a little girl and every dad wants a boy. And so that messaging hit me and it hit me hard and it was not great. And then the comments that followed, oh my gosh, I bet you're so happy you're having a girl. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you guys, I sat in so much shame before becoming a new mom because of my fear of having a girl. And God forbid I would have said that out loud. I can only imagine what that would have led to. But the expectations are, man, they're high. My husband said it best, and I'll never forget this. So he was pumped when we were having a girl. Then when we got pregnant with my second, I was, of course, hoping to have a boy. He kind of experienced what I did on the opposite side where everybody Mm -hmm. said, I bet you're wanting a boy. And I'll never forget. He looked at me and he goes, I got to admit it. I kind of hope this baby's a girl. And I looked, I'm like, what? I would have thought you said, he goes, no, the expectations go up. He goes, if it's a girl, the expectations of raising her to be a lady or a strong, independent woman, those expectations fall harder on you. If we have a boy, it's on me to make sure he's not an asshole. Right. And I was like, whoa, you just put out there exactly what it was. The expectations felt so much stronger with the girl on me. Yes. And the way people even talk to you about having a same gendered child, it's like, oh my gosh, you've got to be so happy that you get your girl. And it's almost like your life as a woman would not be complete until you have a daughter. And I feel like I've always had that sense of this is either going to be the best or it's going to be the worst. And we'll hear other things like your daughter will never leave you. Your sons will leave you, but your daughter will never leave you. Or, oh, thank God you have a daughter because she's going to be the one who takes care of you when you get old. Mm, Yes. So the things people say about having a daughter that we, I will admit, fully internalize, they add a lot of expectation to the relationship. More than that, it's not just that there are big expectations of the relationship between mothers and daughters. There's just big expectations on women in general. And I think these flare up when we're raising our girls. There's all the traditional expectation of girls that they would be kind and pleasing and pretty, that they would be caretakers, right? Like, here's your baby doll, sweetie, and that they would be well-behaved. 
And we may feel any sort of thing in relationship to those expectations on women. Oh, for sure. And I will say having a boy and a girl, the expectations are not the same, not Mm -hmm. even close. So what my son can get away with culturally is substantially different than what my daughter can. Boys being boys, you hear all the time, girls being girls, oh, uh uh-uh. No, no, no. You step out of line. You were being mean. You were being rude. There's no, oh, that's just a girl being a girl. Mm -hmm. In fact, a lot of times if a girl is being mean at a younger age, what do they say? Her mom must be a bitch. Right. It's clearly her mom. Yeah, there's judgments on little girls. You know, boy being boy or a girl being a girl. Like, what about a kid being a kid? But you see a little girl who's not acting the way that people expect a little girl to act, and it's that she's failing societal expectations from a time that she's little. A little girl throwing a tantrum, she's a brat. Mm -hmm. A little boy throwing a tantrum, it's like, look at that wild animal. Yeah, he just, he's being a boy. Boys have Mm -hmm. more energy. That's why. And I will say, I see this with sexualization at a young Mm -hmm. age. So this just happened recently in our house. My son had his hands down his pants. Mm -hmm. And my daughter's like, can you stop it? And there was this whole conversation in our house about how that is normalized versus can you imagine if my daughter had her hands down her pants? Mm -hmm. What would be said by society? That's Mm -hmm. one of them right there. What is acceptable and not. Right. So you're describing a reaction to society's expectations. And this is where I feel like raising a girl, it just has layers upon layers upon layers. So if I have feelings about the fact that society expects my girl to be a caretaker, on one hand, I am like, that's bullshit. So if my daughter is like, I'll get it, you know, we're sitting at the table, somebody needs something and she goes to jump up. I'm like, no, 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 you sit down. You do not need to take care of everybody. One of these other wild things at the table can get up and get their own thing because I'm trying to change what society expects of me. And then five seconds later, I'm like, would you take care of your little brother, please? I find myself going in and out of these expectations that we have on women and on young girls. And I'm trying to counter society's effects over here. And then I'm repeating them over here. And then there's my daughter who's a person. And my daughter does happen to be a caring, caretaking kind of young woman. And I feel like I'm squashing some of who she is because I'm trying to correct all of society's ills in my parenting of this little girl. So mine is complete opposite. Really? Yeah. Complete opposite. Actually, if my daughter said, oh, hey, I'll get it. Oh, hell yeah, I'd let her go get it because she's not naturally a caretaker. She's the opposite. Mm. My son is the caretaker of the house. She is not. So here is one of those double binds that we've talked about that I feel Mm -hmm. like come out in motherhood all the time where I'm actually feel like sometimes I'm beating the independence out of her and trying to incorporate a little more nurturance and caretaking. So she's Mm -hmm. not cold, which generationally speaking has been something that has happened. So as a mother, I've looked more towards how do I be more nurturing because that doesn't come naturally to me at Mm -hmm. all. So when I see my daughter, where it does not seem at this point that that is the case either, I'm more like, yeah, go get that glass of water for your brother. And brother, you sit down because you get everything for her. Yeah. And then do you feel an additional layer where you're going, 
am I doing this because I'm trying to shape something in her? Or is this also society's expectation that I'm kind of echoing here that a girl will be these things? I get really into my head. It's a mind fuck. (laughs) Totally. There's no better way of saying it because even as you're asking me that question, I don't know, Andrea. I really don't know the answer. I think I am caught in this place of, I don't want you to be an asshole. Right. I don't want you to be a mean girl or Mm -hmm. bitchy or rude or not be compassionate and empathetic to others as a human being. Mm -hmm. But that whole bitchy mean girl thing is that expectation on girls because if you are, then, well, God forbid what everybody thinks about me. Right. Right. So it is complicated. It is. And I just don't feel the same level of complication when I think about my boys. I don't either. And we're going to do a whole additional episode on mothers and sons. Make sure that you followed the show so you don't miss it. I'll just mention here, I don't feel the same intensity of conflict inside myself about the things I see in my daughter and the things I want for her and the way that I'm perceiving society's expectations and I'm trying to meet them, but I'm trying to fight them. And it just, I feel like sometimes all the words that come out of my mouth or the ways that I interact with her, I'm just aware of them in a way that... I'm not as aware of with my boys. There's a lot more inner conflict for me. Being a mother with a daughter, a lot more inner conflict and a lot more checkpoints. Mm -hmm. Why am I saying this? Why am I doing this? Why am I thinking this? And it's, okay, how do I make sure my daughter does one day grow up, move away, and I still am the person she calls? She still does love me. Please, how do I make sure she's not on a couch like so many women of our generation talking Mm -hmm. about how hard it is to not have a mother they can connect with? I see that grief a lot in our generation, and that puts a whole other layer of expectations on us as women and mothers with our daughters. There's a lot of fear. Yeah, like everything that you're doing today is impacting this relationship that you want to be good forever. And that you expect could be good and close forever. Yes. And I know you touched on this before, but I think it's worth repeating that in our relationship with our daughters, we're also experiencing a relationship with another woman, another young woman or a future woman. And so some of the stuff that we have, like our own narratives about what it's like to be in a relationship with another woman, they come up when we're relating to our daughter. For example, if I have a really healthy, long-term best friend relationship, then my belief that I could have this long-term healthy relationship with my daughter might be stronger than if I felt abandoned by a best friend or I had conflict with the girls that I grew up with in high school or whatever. Like I just think our general experiences and our beliefs about relationships between women come up when we are parenting our daughters. Oh, a lot of past insecurities come out and it is hard to separate her struggles from my own past struggles and not to blame myself for those. So I have seen my daughter struggle socially within groups of girls. I am very aware of that and I'm very aware, as my early confession said, how much I struggled socially with girls. It is hard to watch her have those same struggles and not blame myself and not say it's because of me. Yeah. Genetically, behaviorally, 
it's because of me. So then trying to navigate that to mm-hmm. offer insight and offer advice can be, I don't know if it's difficult, but when it doesn't work, that's where I struggle with, come on, just fix it so I don't have to feel bad. Totally. This is where it really sounds like we're a couple of therapists talking about something. I think that we identify with our daughters in a way that we don't identify with our sons. And I think we re-experience things with our daughters that we experienced in our lifetime. And we also recognize similar circumstances for them or traits in them. And we say that one's mine. And then we feel like I've got to fix it. I've got to impact it or whatever. Yes. We're really hard on ourselves Yeah, in general. However, I'm harder on myself as a parent with my daughter than I am with my son. Mm-hmm. Much harder. In fact, the many times my husband will say to me, you're being way too hard on yourself here. Like, this is not mm-hmm. yours. Mm-hmm. And I dismiss it usually because in my brain, I'm like, yes, it is. It's definitely mine. She mm-hmm. got it from me. It's my right. trait. Right. And I don't have that with my son like I do with my daughter. I agree. One of the traits that I've noticed recently, this is kind of like a vulnerable thing to talk about, but I've noticed in the last year or so my daughter's sensitivity. And I have a story about myself that I have a cold black heart, that I'm not a very sensitive person. A lot of that is because of stuff that I went through when I was younger. And the truth is, I think that my nature is very sensitive. I mean, I'm a fucking therapist, right? Like I'm sensing and sensitive, but I wasn't allowed to be that when I was younger or I can't identify that in myself. All of this to say, I feel like I should kick up my feet on a couch and lay down and do like a Freud thing right now. Do it, girl. This is where I'm at. I noticed my daughter's sensitivity. We were in a, they called it a student-directed conference with her teacher where the kids are supposed to kind of take the lead through the parent-teacher conference. And as she was talking about a couple of things, her eyes got teary. I see this in her a lot. And on one hand, I go, oh my God, I wonder if that's what I was like as a kid. And in fact, I do think I was like that. And I struggle with it because I think I grew up, at least my experience of that was that there wasn't a place for my sensitivity. And I notice These moments feel like this weird, multi-leveled echo chamber where I go, God, she's so sensitive. But sometimes it's like, she's so sensitive. I notice this reaction towards her sensitivity and I'm like, what kind of mother are you that this isn't comfortable for you? And then I'm thinking about my own experiences and it just like, I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but I just feel this way a lot. Yeah. So complicated, right? So my, you know, my daughter will, I always know when she has a bellyache, she's holding something in only because Mm -hmm. I grew up having a bellyache my entire damn life because I held everything in. So I Mm -hmm. see that there's little pieces that help me lean in where there'll be that little moment where it's, wow, I can't believe you knew that mom or you understood it. So we go Mm -hmm. back to that past, but it is so complicated to separate what is hers and what is mine. Yeah. And not making mine hers is hard. Yeah. Sometimes I think we're trying to correct things in our daughters that we see in ourselves. Oh, hands down agree with that. Oh, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Which is so like, again, I float above myself and I'm like, this is not okay. This is about you. This isn't about her or this is about you and how someone responded to you and it needs to be different for her. And this is also where those double binds, right? 
Mm-hmm. Be compassionate, be nurturing, be empathetic, mm-hmm. but also push her, make her strong, mm-hmm. let her know that she can do something on her own, mm-hmm. right? It's this really hard thing to navigate and it's hard to know when you're getting it right. Mm-hmm. Because our relationship with our daughters can be fraught with conflicts, especially as they age. As you were talking about your example of knowing what your daughter is going through and what's happening for her, this is where the evil side of being a therapist comes out and also a oldest sister position. There's a little bit of me that's like, I know you better than you know you. Can you imagine what it would feel like to have someone who's just like up in your grill all the time that's like, listen, I know what's going on here, okay? Yeah, I grew up with that. No, no, actually, I grew up with the opposite. (laughs) I think that there's a part of me that does have a lot of insight into what she is like and what she's experiencing and also some forecasting for what she will go through and my own thoughts and feelings and fears about that. And I think in some ways, as our daughters start to get a little older and differentiate from us, they push back on that. Oh, for sure. Right? Oh, and I think there'll be even more pushback. I agree. Okay, and then there's one last piece that I think we bring into our relationship with our daughters. It's the elephant in the room. I think so much of what we expect in the relationship or what we long for or what we're afraid of in our relationship with our daughters is often colored by our relationship with our own mothers. Which is complicated. The word of the day is complicated here. Mm -hmm. I think it is also this fine line between how can I instill certain things about the relationship that I actually do appreciate and honor while simultaneously saying, but how can I also make sure I have these because I yearn for those with my own? Yeah, absolutely. I think that if we look back on our relationship with our mother and we see it as my mother was my best friend or is my best friend, she's always there for me. She's incredible in all these ways because there are people like that. I see them on social media, at least. I don't know. I think then sometimes as a mom, we put so much pressure on ourselves to be a perfect mom. And I also think that we're coming at this from a totally different perspective. So what a child experiences of their mother is different than what a mother is experiencing in that moment, right? A child experiences a really fun day where we went to the playground, but maybe mom was like super stressed out and she's like, I fucking hate the playground. I don't want to go again. You know what I mean? There's just a lot that's going on there. And so I think sometimes if we have this really, really good relationship with our mother, we expect to be that perfect mother and it doesn't feel like that inside. And so I think that we can sometimes feel like we're falling short. I'm glad you brought that piece up because not having that, and I'm not saying it from a woe is me, but not having that type of relationship Mm -hmm. with my own mother, I lack perspective on how that could influence expectations as being a mom, Mm -hmm. right? I'm on the opposite end of it is how how can I create that friendship Mm -hmm. and that secure attachment and that connection with my daughter Mm -hmm. because that's what I always wanted. And now after you said that, I can also see how hard it would be to be best friends with your mom and have a bad day with your daughter and be afraid that you just ruined that. The expectations are pretty hard regardless of the situation. Yeah. I think equally, if you have a difficult or complicated relationship with your own mother, which I think most of us do. In our generation, I would say yes. Yes. I think this is a relationship between two women, which I do think is layered. That if we have that with our own mother, sometimes, especially like the more intensely not good that it was, again, I think we can feel like, 
I have to be completely opposite of that. And so when we're doing something and we're like, this is what my mom used to do, even if it's like a totally normal and happy thing, sometimes we can be like, ah, I can't do that or think that or say that because now I'm being like my own mom. And I want to be opposite of that. I have to be this totally different, totally perfect other, I don't like other type of being. I don't know what that is, but I see a lot of people in my practice who come from some really rough relationships with their own mother and they feel like the pendulum has to swing again over to perfection as a mother. And that's just not available for any of us. No, it's completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. exploring the mother-daughter relationship. I've explored it from a multi-generational looking at these generations has helped me at least as a daughter mm-hmm. have a little more empathy and compassion based on just looking at generation after generation. Yeah. And that has also helped me as a mother then work to decrease some of the unrealistic expectations that I have placed upon myself, knowing that I grew up in a different world, essentially, right. than my mother did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We definitely have to come back to this, both for the idea of us as adult women and our relationships with our mothers and how those things were shaped, but also we have to stop for the day and we haven't even gotten into the practical, tactical parts of actually having a relationship with our daughter. No, (laughs) it's complicated. Yes, it's complicated. Hopefully today we've been able to break through those. This relationship with my daughter is so tricky and that must mean that I'm failing thoughts that we can have. The mother-daughter relationship is hard because the expectations that we have for the relationship are so high and because so much of our own stuff gets triggered, but also, most importantly, because we care mightily about the outcome. So if you're listening today and you're noticing how complicated things feel in your relationship with your daughter, maybe let yourself off the hook a little bit and just know that you're in good company with many, many, many other mothers of daughters who are out there feeling exactly the same way. You've just finished an episode of the Honest Women Podcast. We are so honored that you would spend this time with us. We have so much more where this came from and don't want you to miss a minute. So please, right now, take a second to follow the show. While you're there, leave us a five-star rating and a review. It's the best way to help other women find our show so they can join the conversation. And if you have a friend who could use a little more honesty in her life, and who couldn't, send this episode directly to her. Actually, send this episode to anyone you want to. Everyone's welcome here. We'll be back next Wednesday speaking some truth and feeling some feels. Until then, hang in there, ladies. This has been Honest Women.